You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I'm your host, Michael Kushner, and I took about two weeks off of releasing a new episode, so forgive me uh, for keeping you waiting. Gabe Crawford, my social media extraordinaire, uh, kept you all um, uh, satiated with uh, TBT posts, throwback posts, of some incredible words um, of wisdom from my previous guests. So I'm so thankful for Gabe as I, <laughs> as I finished uh, writing the first draft, the rough draft of my book, my upcoming book, How to Be a Multi-Hyphenate in the Theater Business, Conversations, Advice, and Tips from Dear Multi-Hyphenate. That's right. My podcast is becoming a book. Well, part of my podcast is becoming a book, but there are lots of conversations that are going to be transformed into lessons and uh, exploring and diving deeper into to- you know grander topics and um, it's going to be a really cool exploration into the multi-hyphenate the theater multi-hyphenate experience and um, I have 112 artists that I've interviewed some on the podcast some not on the podcast and um, it's also it's a multi-hyphenate experience in itself because they wanted color. Uh, they wanted color and black and white images, but they wanted 50 images of mine. They wanted conversations from the podcast and, you know, new data and research. So it's it's a combination. It's exactly what the multi-hyphenate experience is. It's each hyphen affecting the other. So I'm really proud of the structure and I'm really proud of what it is. So now I just await the feedback and what I need to fix and <laughs> I hope they like it. Oh, the life of an artist just constantly wanting to please people, right? But what I hope will please you is this incredible episode featuring Pose's Jason Rodriguez. This is an incredible episode um, as we talk about things like access and agencies and uh, working relationships and representation for artists and delegating. It's just, it's a really great episode. Uh, Jason Rodriguez is the unequivocal face of voguing for an entirely new generation of dancers and dance enthusiasts. He starred for three seasons as Lamar in Ryan Murphy's Emmy and Golden Globe Award nominated television series Pose, where he also shared his expertise with the cast as movement coach and choreographer. 
Born and raised in Washington Heights, New York City, Jason's name has become synonymous with the art form of voguing. Jason's masterful embodiment of the art form has been noted by countless dance critics and journalists, including the New York Times, who described how his radiating limbs transform his torso into a solid stretch of sinew and muscle, making him at once tense, velvety, and effortless. Jason has taught Vogue across the U.S. and the world and currently teaches at various schools and institutions throughout New York City. In addition to Pose, Jason has been seen on Baz Luhrmann's The Get Down on Netflix, Saturday Church, and on HBO's The Deuce. I really hope you enjoy this episode. So as always, I start with a quote just to bring in the, the moment, bring in bring us in. Yes, Jason, is. I see him on video and he's giving me... Uh, giving me uh, the, the uh, movement of um, bringing in the energy, calling the spirits. And that's exactly what we're doing. Oh, the movement. We love it. We love it. Movement based. If you can only see what's happening. And this uh, quote is, she doesn't get to dictate my reality. I do. And that's said by Candy on Pose, which we love so much. And I am so excited to welcome my new friend. Jason Rodriguez, hello. Hey, how's it going? Oh, hello. You, you know it's it's uh it, it's it's going well. I have a tension headache for the gods. Yeah, and, I, and I'm ready. <laughs> and that just means that I'm gay and working. <laughs> wow, what the most beautiful pluses you can have next to each other, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like a tension headache that comes out of being proactive. Like, how wonderful is that? Ah, uh, life. How's I know? How's your morning? What does that quote mean to you? Talk to me about everything. Yeah, I mean, when I hear a quote like that, I also I feel like I expand it and take um, identity and the gender out of it, and just what really hits me is the um, nobody is gonna dictate my moves, my decisions, my sense, who I am, what I'm gonna do, how I want to do it. Um, so I love that quote, um, and just expand it just to not allow anybody to make your decisions for you because they can't. I love that so much. Um, so under multi-hyphenate, we, uh, we talk about being multi-hyphenates and the audience is made primarily of multi-hyphenates or people that have heard of the word and don't know what it is and, uh are learning that they can take an idea and have the agency to be able to create something and start something new and it doesn't make them any less of a costume designer or any less of an actor or any less of a director if they uh, continue their outreach and their exploration process so what i say multi-hyphenate is is an artist who has multiple proficiencies that cross-pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities so basically, that means is that I do a lot of shit, and all the shit that I do helps the other thing exist. So I'm an actor, photographer, producer, writer, podcaster, but all of the things that I do helps, my, like my photography helps my podcasting, my, my podcasting helps my performance, my performance helps my writing. So I want to know what is multi-hyphenating to you, and what are your hyphens? Wow, first of all, I love that word. I when I when I first saw it, 
in an email, I was like, it's got to be the cousin to multifaceted because um, that's the word that I carry with me, um, especially being an artist, um, not given access specifically to structures of industries that I wanted to be a part of, or not even industries of just um, programs that I wanted to learn from. So I tried being an actor, tried for a conservatory after high school, after doing all this Shakespeare, <laughs> all, you know, all this Midsummer's Night Dream, Macbeth, <laughs> or the play that should not be named. <laughs> um, and then I find myself like, I want to continue this. This makes me feel good. I still don't even know what it means to be gay or queer, but this this creative outlet is allowing me to speak, to express, to actually have a voice, to not feel silenced because of my indif indifference. Um, and then went to a conservatory and they were like, no. Right. Um, then carried along, I was like, okay, maybe I'll try to be a journalist. Maybe I can be the Latinx Carrie Bradshaw. That's a thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sat in those classes, I was like, nope. Um, tried twice for a conservatory of dance, was told no two more times. Wow. So when you say multi, I feel that's me. I just, anything that was open to me and available, I was there. So no, I was not be, um, able to be part of a conservatory, but they allowed me to take classes. So I was still able to learn how to dance. Um, I majored as arts management, which sadly that you really teach on the job but they still give you tools and and creative you know thoughts and ideas to take from and i learned from that um also again from acting which was my first outlet learning how to read shakespeare learning how to act in shakespearean plays i took from that so when you come from a place without privilege and access i feel like you have no choice but to but to be multi or just fall fall to the ground so I, I take from from all my experiences and all the moments that allow me to to be and learn and exist. I'm so thrilled that you said that because uh, my book, How to Be a Multi-Hyphenate in the Theater Business, Conversations, Advice, and Tips from Dear Multi-Hyphenate, uh, is, is coming out. And what I'm Congratulations. finding- Thank you so much. <laughs> what I'm finding the book to be about is access. And so my- Friends listening, folks listening, I did not pay Jason to say access, okay? <laughs> but the fact that you said that makes me so happy because multi-hyphenating is about access. Mm. It is about access for us in the industry to create our own opportunities, but it is our responsibility as well to create access for others mm. because we are the ones that are creating opportunities for employment for mm. inclusion for delegating tasks to other people to broadening teams so then it's our responsibility to then find those people and and create accessibility into the industry because we know both like accessibility in this industry is extremely tough like we have you know, programs telling us no. We have, you know, uh, apprenticeships and internships are expensive or they don't pay. And there's a white boys club to this industry. Mm. And accessibility is so, so important for, for queer artists, for trans, for BIPOC artists 
because those are the stories that need to be told. And, and, and I think, and I say this often, but multi hyphenating, I think is extremely important to, uh, to queer BIPOC trans artists, women, because, um, the, those stories are, are not centered yet. And the ones that are centering them are those artists. And in order to do so, we have to take it upon ourselves to tell those stories. Yeah, I I love that. I mean, I I feel like my first moment of understanding what representation meant was already tied to you have to create access. I didn't, you know, my first season of Pose, um, I was just there. I feel like all of us, we have no idea what was created before it was premiered. So we were just working, doing the work, enjoying each other's company, enjoying each other's creativity, um, you know, the one the no other set would be like a set like pose with so much cast and crew and writers and directors being black being brown people of color trans queer i know i'll never find something like that so for me it's like the untouchable jewel i i hug and i i'm so grateful for every day um so then it wasn't towards afterwards you know receiving messages from people my parents are from Dominican Republic so receiving messages from queer individuals from Dominican Republic or from Argentina or for Colombia because I I identify as Latinx so my Latinx people from Latinx countries um relate to me they see me on screen and they're like oh wow like he's queer he's Latinx and he's living his fucking life on that ballroom floor. So, you know, it's a sense of, of hope. You see someone that looks like you, someone that could be your cousin, your brother, your uncle, and you know, it, it's a sense of hope. And so for me, after receiving such, you know, receiving that, um, I thought my, my work doesn't end after, you know, I'm a performer, after I'm a dancer, after I'm an actor, I still have a sense to create access in so many places. I'm born and raised from Washington Heights. I have a sense to create access at some point in Washington Heights. And now with my next move with a Regency, with my business card, uh, my business partner, Ricardo Sebastian, um, that our, our aim, our mission is not, we're going to make everyone, you know, famous and with money. That is, you know, that's the add-on without having to be added, but it's, we're trying to change the game. We're trying to build a support system for talent when they walk into set, when they go to their jobs, when they do their gigs their projects, create their production, and they know they have a team behind them that they can relate to, that see them, that understand them, and then it just becomes the work between the talent and the work. Nothing else is in the way. That's beautiful. I'm obsessed. So Thank you. <laughs> you 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 did the intro for me. You have yes. an exciting you have an exciting project that is happening and it's going to change the industry. And that is the new agency that you created, which is a regency. And yes. I am so excited to learn more, but also not only learn more of the um of 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 your vision, which you just sort of went into, but the actual logistics of creating an agency or creating a business and what it actually takes as you're balancing being a performer because you are 
you know, not only are you a post superstar, but you are known as the unequivocal new face of voguing, which is pretty damn fierce. And um, <laughs> yes, honey, we love. <laughs> yes, love touch all it. this skin, honey. <laughs> honey. <laughs> um, but so those are pretty incredible things to be uh, to have tapped with your identity. So I want to know what was because uh, this is why I want to know this. I think a lot of artists think that multi hyphenating is multitasking. And while there is multitasking involved in multi-hyphenating, we are not constantly trying to paint our nails and drink coffee and order through the drive-thru at the same time. We actively switch and we actively delegate between the things. So from 12 to 1, I'm wearing my actor hat. From 1 to 2, I'm wearing my choreographer hat. From 2 to 3. So I want to know as someone that is a performer and now a creator of an agency how did it start what was what were the beginnings and how did you sort of delegate the steps and balance all of your proficiencies in your life yeah so i started working with ricardo in 2019 um at that time i was pretty much flushing my team because I wasn't having it. Um, and I found myself with Ricardo. Um, we prior met on Instagram and um, also connected by um, a makeup artist on Pose. And so there's this project coming that I did with Absolute Vodka for World Pride. Um, they came with me with a certain budget. And I was not, you know, savvy with the, the, the ways to scale up. I didn't know what it meant to be in a 360 contract. I didn't know what it meant to negotiate your budget. And then I found Ricardo, Sebastian. Pronouns they, them, incredible Latinx, queer, Mexican, just powerhouse when it comes to elevating everything and anything. Um, and so they took this budget and times it by 10. And I was like, wow, yeah. And it wasn't just the, the, the results. It was how they got there. So they would check in with me every day, even if there was nothing to talk about and it still happens. We speak every day in case there's anything that we've missed that has to be talked about, that has to be um, figured out. Um, and they just do it so effortlessly, so caringly, but still on it. And so after that, I was like, we have to work together. Like, please be my manager. Let us continue working. Um, and at that beginning, also, they were asking me about things that I wanted to accomplish. Like, okay, you're on pose. Okay, you teach classes. You're a movement coach. But what else do you want to do? Um, and I let them know about all the series of things that I want to do. Um, I specifically pinpoint these things after, you know, just being a performer, like where there's space of like, what's your what, what's next? I felt like I already had to do that because I was declined so many times thinking my what's next was to be in this conservatory of acting, to be a dancer, to be in a dance company. And none of that happened. So I was already as an arts manager. I'm like, what's next? Oh, well. I'll dance for as long as I can. I'll do what, what I can do. 
And then I would love to open a dance studio in Washington Heights, which is still a thing today. I would love to open a queer, trans-friendly restaurant uptown because a lot of me, my people are up here. I was raised in spaces, not only restaurants, but nightclubs where black and brown, queer, trans people would come together. None of that exists anymore. So again, I come from a place of, I'm grateful of everything I've received. Now, how can I give back to the place, the streets, the neighborhoods that have raised me? Um, So in 2019, I also let them know I wanted to make an agency, like specifically because of my prior experience with an agency. I was part of a talent agency, part of a management agency, and I just did not feel like I was being propelled 100%. If it's around the time frame of World Pride and you gay and you don't feel prepared, you don't feel propelled on World Pride with the work that you have um, <laughs> lined up, then you got to ask some questions. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave that on that. And so I don't I don't think any other talent should receive that experience that I have. And I'm I'm a stickler for the experiences I've received. You need to listen. You need to hear about it, but you don't have to experience it. You're going to go through your sets of experience, but let my prior experiences, especially to young queer youth, is to listen to this, take this on, and never let it happen to you because you already just have the the knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. it this does not have to happen to you. This is going to embedder you, empower you, mm-hmm. protect you, mm-hmm. you know, raise your confidence. So, um, yeah, so we started in 2019, talked about it. Um, we, I started a performance house called House of Eon, which there are two different kind of competitive houses in balls. You have a main house like House of Extravaganza, Ninja, La Beja, Mugler, Balenciaga. Um, and then you have Kiki houses, which is more an environment created by the queer youth. So like Louis Vuitton, Juicy Couture. So it's like, it's pretty much two kind of sets of environments, if that makes sense. So you can be part of these two kind of realms of houses. So I have a performance house, which is specifically to take in vogers from um, ballroom and bring them and get give them jobs in professional settings. So any projects, um, like I did a project with Adidas, um, anything to teach workshops, or I also do mock balls in universities, which is to bring voguers and set up a mock trial of what a ball looks like. Mm. And yet it's to give these voguers experience, build their resume, you know, under receive from me and from Ricardo tools of how to, um, how to be in a professional setting. Um, rather than let the professional setting set you. So we try to set them up so they know what how to bring their A game in still being themselves. Um, and yeah, and just build their resume and get them paid. So through my performance house, I take any kind of gig that comes my way and I ask to expand it to then include others. And then from there, we find ourselves into, you know, we've cultivated and raised a couple individuals from House of Eon, giving them gigs, help them through contracts, um, taught them how to teach a class. And so we found ourselves already working intimate with talent, with you know youth, with building them, them up. So within this next step is, well, after you've cultivates, cultivated someone, what is their next step? Like, where do they go from there? So we thought to create this agency. 
So this is then working one-on-one -on -one with individuals, with getting them booked, with um, if they don't have an infrastructure set up yet on how they make their money or what their day-to-day -day looks like, we help them with that. So it's hard to say that we kind of stick in just being an agency where we're just on the computer and we're just like looking for bookings and we send you the email and we're like, okay, um, submit this. It's different because our community does not most of the time have access and informa information of what it means to submit for a casting. That's the realities. So your agency almost acts like an incubator. Mm -hmm. So we're not lit limiting ourselves. We're not just saying this is what we do, because what if we sign a talent that's like, I have never done this before. It then, so we don't even allow that question to exist. We, with our set of tools, we're setting you up from beginning to end. So if you need to understand how to submit, if you need to understand how to build your resume, if you need to understand to map out how you make your money, we're going to work on that as well. So we're not just going straight to getting you booked, but we are also investing in preparing you on what it means to get booked, what it means to be on set, and book them as well. So we're taking extra steps because sometimes those steps aren't um, available to you. They weren't available to me. I felt like as I was on pose, I was learning. I was just jumping the learning curves of manager and agent contract. I was just there. I was learning as I was going. So once again, I've, I've experienced that. Why allow another youth to experience it again? Let me give them that information and then push them forward. It's a way, it's a successful story of failure, right? Mm -hmm. Because, because you, Jason, experienced failure, you know, and like finding rep that wasn't really working for you. You sort of, you took that lesson and went, what am I going to do to fix this? What am I going to do so that I don't experience this again, but also so that younger Jasons don't experience this again. And I think it is why failure is so so important in our industry and why you know baseball teams right like youth baseball teams at the end of a game they are lined up facing each other and they have to walk towards each other and everyone shakes everyone's hand winner and loser and i don't understand why we don't do something like that in our industry because it shows and you know whoever they grow up to become but in that moment it shows sportsmanship it shows sports personship and we need that in the industry we need to understand that failure is a good thing and that mm -hmm. we learn from failure and as long as we shake it off and learn the lesson and keep going we'll be able because failure is like a paradox right we have to fail in order to not fail mm -hmm. so like but more and more the failure becomes more educational and it becomes more informative and that becomes intuition and then that becomes just old hat we know nope not doing that because i know that's going to lead to this nope I, oh or yes i am going to do that because i know that i learned from this mistake and you know so i just love that you are turning your experience in which you quote unquote failed or the where the experience failed you and you're turning it into something positive for someone yeah. else, which is huge and amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you, you pretty much hit, you, 
you hit the hammer on the nail, but yeah, it was, <laughs> I, I felt it was the moments of failing. Like I found myself at a bus stop, like after these conservatories denied me and I was like, should I even be dancing? Like, wow. And it's like these convert. it was like, I've never had that many conversations to myself, especially at a young age, because you don't know who you are. So it's like, how do you speak to someone that you don't know? That's what it felt like. I didn't know who I was. And so I'm here like, okay, it literally felt like a decision. Should I keep dancing or not? And I left that bus stop and I told myself, I do want to keep dancing. It feels good. It feels right. I mean, even if I never hit a stage, for me, that hour and a half in class was was healing. It was invis- invisibility, invincibility. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like every day I was learning something new about my body. Mm. Every day I learned something new about my body, which entailed to I was learning something new about myself. I My body was receiving new information and new lines and new curves, and it reinforced who I was because I was like, I have power over my body. I should be able to have power over every part of my life, of every part of myself. Um, so yeah, yeah, I feel like throughout without my failures, I would not have succeeded as much as I have today. So I invite them. On a personal level, I'm just super excited at the aspect of you bringing ball culture. I don't, I don't want to say back because I think that's an uneducated statement because I'm not aware of you know ball culture around Manhattan um so I don't want to say back uh but I I you know I I've been an active um audience member of Vivacious who is a season six queen on drag race who comes from ball culture and brings that to all of her drag shows and it's so electrifying and she's so funny anyway we I love her I could listen to her talk for 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 years but like the it's I think watching you know something like Paris is burning I sit and I go wow if only we still have that Mm. but and then you know I have vivacious and who brings a part of that into the current day life but is what is ball culture like today and um I just want to hear more of your uh your plans to to bring it to the forefront again Yeah, ballroom is still thriving right now, especially through having two entities of ballroom. So like I was saying prior, Maine and Kiki, Um, I would say it's thriving. Just like a good example is um, Legendary on HBO Max, showing off the competition between houses. Um, I think that's the best representation right now of ballroom, present day ballroom right now, because it's a competition and it uses houses that are present day, you know, actively walking and actively present now. Um, you know, during the pandemic, um, ballroom did go online for a while, which I thought was a beautiful thing for, you know, people who were teaching and then also competitions happening because then you had people from different countries battling each other without, you know, having to get a, a flight to travel somewhere. So I thought that was a beautiful thing and that helped um, hold ballroom during the, the beginnings of the pandemic. And um, now it's kind of finding its new groove. It's when it comes to balls, it doesn't really go anywhere. It's just if you don't know the person or the who, what, when, where, why of when it's happening, who's hosting it, when you're just never gonna know. <laughs> so, um, 
like there's one that happens happens in Brooklyn at three dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called OTA Open to All, and it's like a mini ball that happens every single week. As as you know, in, in, if it doesn't have any conflicts happening X Y and Z, so um, I was actually it's funny I was just um, having a meeting with a potential talent from ballroom yesterday. And, you know, we were just going through our comparisons in our history and ballroom. And mine is, you know, a bit different. Um, I went through House of Ninja and Extravaganza, which is, you know, these main houses known not only in ballroom, but also outside of it. And that's one of the um, things that I I was um, drawn to, especially at the beginning, being queer. Um, I watched Benny Ninja on America's Next Top Model, and that was my first time seeing a ballroom individual, a queer individual, a Latinx individual, all together on TV. And so this was my introduction to ballroom, was Benny Ninja, seeing how he vogued, how he taught these girls, and he was on national television. I was like, oh, you can do that? Okay. Um, and so, you know, at the beginning of my barroom stages, I was going to balls. I didn't really walk as much, but I also did a lot of gigs and projects with the houses, um, which helped me kind of set up my Lamar character for Pose, you know, just being in these houses and practicing my Vogue and articulating it. And so I feel like I go to balls now and it's to to look to search for talent, to be honest, to seek out wow, this person is an amazing voguer or their runway is incredible or this look is to die for, but what what else could they do after the ball? What, what could be their everyday life afterwards? What do they want their everyday life to look like? So I really sometimes go to balls to, to scout someone I've never experienced before. That is incredible. And, um, and I think that's so fresh and so amazing and 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 beautiful and and I love that you brought up Benny Ninja because as a, a top model watcher, I'm thinking, oh my God, yes, wow, that was so educational and so um and so amazing to to watch and I and and I think yeah, is Tyra a controversial person? Sure, but the opportunities that she has brought forth mm-hmm. ha- we can't forget those as well because mm-hmm. they're you know like benny ninja and and featuring you know um Sut- uh, sutan on you know uh, as uh um raja you know oh, as a yeah. man- oh my god that was i mean it was the runway for me i knew raja was gonna win the minute i saw her step out so yes and yes to raja oh my exactly gosh. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, there's an interesting thing because I was watching last night with my boyfriend. We were watching the first episode of um, the second season of Drag Race Holland. And Fred, the host, made an interesting comment that I was a little like turned off by. And he was critiquing a queen for having a wig that looked like you can get it at Walmart and was $20. Oh no. I know. And I felt that was so um, wrong because that's not drag is not about and ballroom and, and what we do as a community. I I don't partake in drag arts. I am an avid supporter. And, (laughs) but, um, but what we do as a community is not about what we spend it's about what we create and i thought that that comment mm-hmm. was so off it was so off it was so dated mm, yeah no it's it's about the creation especially for drag it's cre- that's that's why we're watching it the the gag of it the the elevation so uh you know petty comments will just stay petty comments <laughs> yes they will they will mm-hmm. so i you know it's um I am such an admirer of your of your work, and and I I'm so um, I'm so excited about the work that you're doing because there are so many different theaters in the theater industry that are incubating, that are incubating shows, and there there are certain agencies that are incubating in a in a in a specific way, but. I am so excited at the prospect of what a regency is doing Thank and you. the type of artists that you are bringing forward and the way that you are looking for talent and, and for, for queer creators that are listening, how could they communicate with you if they feel that they will, uh, that they could add to your roster in a positive way? Yes, absolutely. If you queer, come this way. Um, <laughs> so we already um, started scouting for talent like before we um, went public. So we're closing out, closing out our first um, set of talent because at the end of the day, we are limited because it's only two of us. So we're at the beginning steps of still building the agency. And then our next steps is hope is hoping to expand. So get a couple more staff so that way we can continue um, increasing our our list. So for right now, we just actually had an open call for people to submit and it just closed on Monday. So I apologize, Monday at 12 p.m. But um, after we then process that open call and we'll be like inviting people to meet one-on-one virtually, um, see what they do, who they are, and then meet one-on-ones and see how that goes. And then probably prior to that so maybe give us maybe a little bit of time maybe a month or so again we're just like at our beginning steps of of two little queer individuals trying to make something happen um and then afterwards we'll have a second open call so i would say you know follow us on a regency on instagram a r r a y dot g e n c y or also a regency.com that's usually are about us, our mission, who we are. And if we, when we have an open call, that's where we'll post it. So I would say just stay updated 
um, on our movement and also when we have our, our next um, open call. And I hope it, it calls out to you. I think that's something that I, I, I would tell my younger self that I like to tell younger clients or older that like whoever needs to hear it in my photo studio, which is where I'm recording from right now. Yes, and, I see um, the fabulous photos behind you. I, you better come here. Okay. <laughs> you better. I want you I'm here. Down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Walking distance. Um, so I, something that I would tell is that these things take time. Finding representation takes time. And I think it is uh, etched in the, it is etched in the BFA program, the, uh, the way that the industry moves or the way that the pe- people think that the industry moves and the inaccessibility of the industry that people think that they have to have rep Mm. no matter what. And that it has now become also a social element of being like, oh yeah, my rep, blah, 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 or my rep does this, or like, oh, I just, I'm not. No, it is not a social thing. Sometimes you are able to, more, more, more times than not, you're able to do better more work rep less than to be with a representation that doesn't support you or see you yeah um oh my god i i um i 100% agree on that it has to again i come from you know a neighbor, my neighborhood my background of just like surviving making as much as you can from nothing. So if people don't resonate to that, this is not the team for you and that's okay. But also, you know, it comes from oneself to see yourself and and know that, know your worth, set your standard. And that's like one of the big, the first and the biggest things that we're gonna be working with our talent is setting their standard and knowing their worth. You need to know how much you're worth because I know how much you're worth, but you need to know it first. and your worth can or can't include representation, and that's real. And that's interesting because I, I love that you're saying, like, I know your worth. That's why we're meeting with you. That's why we're interested in you. But you have to see your own worth. You have to be able to sell it. And I think I think access in the industry starts there. That if you believe in yourself and you believe in the story that you have and your point of view, that's when things start to show up. And that's mm-hmm. when when you're willing to listen to the universe and willing to listen to the environment around you, I think that's when we start to download information and start to find our own path. Because, and I write about this in the book, Cynthia Henderson who is a guest of mine and a professor of mine, uh, she talks about the aesthetic and how it affects our why. And you beautifully mentioned your why without saying this is my why, but about uh, bringing bringing culture to the environment in which you you grew up. And um, I loved what you said, but she talks about the aesthetic and how the things that make up our um, aesthetic <laughs> is what informs who we are listening to our environment around us 
and understanding where we came from, who we've loved and who we've met. And those things are our points of views and our stories. And we have to bring that with us throughout whatever we create and whatever we do. Right. Yeah, period. Period with no commas, just another period. But um, I just wouldn't be who I was without my experiences from yeah. from where I grew up. So why negate those? They're exactly. good, they're bad, they're ugly, but they have me where I am now. And that's exactly. the, the best part of the entire experience is where do you want to be after that? Like, right. look through your lens, look through your past, look look through your history and remind yourself that it's all in the past. You, you survived it. You succeeded it. So now what are you going to do with it? Exactly. Jason Rodriguez, you are an absolute doll. Thank you. You're a doll yourself. We're just two You're, dolls speaking. Two dolls sitting on a shelf, honey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where can we find you on social media? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at the Jason A. Rodriguez. And also on Twitter, Jason A. Rodriguez. But there's no Z at the end. It's an X because somebody else got the Z. So yeah, you know, you can follow me, check out what I do as an artist, and then what I'll be doing with a Regency and everything else that I'm trying to create and make happen. So please, um, if you'd like help and support me i i would appreciate every ounce of it i absolutely will we absolutely will and i just wanted to say thank you to broadway podcast network thank you so much patrick for engineering this episode thank you to kim for also engineering this episode and welcome to the broadway podcast network team thanks to alan and dory and katie and yo you're all amazing vpn you are the best and as always Follow me on Instagram at the Michael Kushner or at your multi hyphenate, and please rate, subscribe, do all of that stuff with your multi hyphenate. And thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Bye. Thank y'all. Have a good day. Ciao. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.